This is it. It's finally now or never for the global economy. We've reached that point where either the second half rebound, it has to show up, and not just because we've begun the second half of the year, or companies around the world are going to have to take more drastic action to address their problems, to address the macroeconomic problems that are persisting long beyond what most people had been expecting. No wonder we're, we're seeing deflation in producer and trade prices because businesses are trying one last time, desperately trying, discounting their prices in order to generate some sales. Because in report after report, we continue to hear the word backlogs, as in backlogs are being worked through and desperate businesses as backlogs are disappearing and no new sales are coming in, they have to do something about it. It's easy to talk about maintaining headcounts, as in the second half rebound story, but once the backlogs disappear, you are at that decision point. So all the reports that we got today and over the weekend suggest that we're here. We're now at that, at that particular moment where it has to happen. The second half rebound better already, be, already have begun or the real recession will. Let's, let's talk about the second half rebound. Let's review what it's supposed to have been in the words of the ISM's manufacturing report. Let's go back to March 1st. So this is for the, the numbers for the month of February. And the ISM said that panelist companies continue to attempt to maintain headcount levels through the projected slow first half of the year in preparation for the stronger performance in the second half. That's the story in a nutshell. Companies don't want to lay off workers, especially in this environment, especially having to, to having laid out a lot of expenses in order to obtain those workers and then train them and get them useful and, and productive. They don't want to just lay them off over what they all believe will be nothing more than a short and shallow downturn. Maybe recession, maybe not, doesn't even matter to them. Because in the second half of the year, in good part because everybody believed China reopening was going to contribute to global growth, the second half of the year would make it all worthwhile. Take the short run hit to profits and margins by maintaining workforce in hopes, in expectations really, that the second half of this year was going to be so much better, would kick off a legitimate recovery, especially if China reopening goes the way everybody was hyping it. Fast forward a couple months. Now this is June 1st, so the month of May, and the ISM said companies were managing outputs to better match demand for the first half of 2023, the weak first half, but prepare for growth in the late summer, early fall period. Still the second half rebound. However, the ISM added, there's clearly more business uncertainty in May. So a couple months later, still second half rebound, but now a little more uncertainty about it. Now the latest data that we got today early July for the month of June. So finishing up the first half, the ISM now says this. Panelist companies reduced production and began using layoffs to manage headcounts to a greater extent than in prior months, amid mixed sentiment about when significant growth will return. So we started out absolutely certain there was going to be a second half, uh, second half rebound. We'll hold on to our workers. Then it got a little more uncertain in the wake of SVV and the banking crisis, Credit Suisse and all of that stuff. Suddenly more uncertainty. And then just one month later to finish off the first half of the year to enter the second half, ISM says we're seeing more layoffs and less faith in the second half rebound. So I say again, the global economy more and more looks to be at the precipice. Either the second half rebound has to start or the layoffs will. 
We got data all around the world. As I said, we've got JP Morgan, we've got S&P Global, we've got ISM, we've got China's manufacturing and non-manufacturing statistics. But first, I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. If you're interested, Eurodollar University has memberships available where we talk about the monetary system. We go over the monetary system. We diagram and illustrate what goes on in the monetary system. Right now, we're talking about the collateral and collateral multipliers, extremely, exceptionally important parts of the global reserve currency. We also have research subscriptions available. I contribute a daily briefing over at marketsinsiderpro.com. I also do a daily deep dive analysis where we dive deep into all of these, all of these things macro as well as money and usually it's money and macro combining and what those two mean for each other for today as well as for the intermediate and near-term future all the information available for you memberships research subscriptions eurodollar.university so we should just dig right into the current ism manufacturing numbers because it's a good place to start it was the reason why the second half rebound is becoming such a, so much less of an expectation, causing some firms, at least according to the ISM survey panel, to begin reducing their headcounts, to begin doing the things that we all associate with outright recession. ISM's number 46.0 for the month of June. That's down from 46.9 in May, which already was not a good number. New orders actually improved by three points, but Improve is not really the right word. The index went up three points, to, to, but only to 45.6 from 42.6. New orders are still contracting. Production, this is a big one. The production, the actual output, that fell all the way to 46.7 from 51.1. So as we already mentioned in the ISM uh, quotation, companies are managing or reducing their outputs. So We're going to need less, fewer workers. Uh, employment, the employment index fell to 48.1 from 51.4. Inventories, the inventory number fell to 44.0 from 45.8. Backlogs, backlogs were actually up a little bit, actually up one full point, a little over a, full, a point in June. But at 38.7, that's exactly what we're talking about. It's another low backlog number that says companies are running out of things to produce. And in services, running out of things to do. And here's another important one if you're Jay Powell, for example. The prices number fell all the way back to 41.8. That one had fallen uh, late last year with the initial wave of deflation, the initial wave that led to the weak first half of the first half of the year in the economy. Then we got a little bit of a bounce and now we're rolling over. And we're going back toward deflationary prices as companies desperately discount their prices, trying one last time to generate some sales. Some additional comments I think that are worth highlighting here from the ISM report. They said they wanted to highlight three important points here. They said demand eased again with number one, new orders index contracting, but at a slower rate, but still contracting. Number two, new, new export orders index moving into contraction, global trade recession. Number three, the backlog of orders index remaining at a level not seen since early in the coronavirus pandemic. So again, backlogs, no new orders means it's easy to talk about maintaining headcounts until the backlogs are gone. And then it's like, well, do we really want to maintain our workers when we really don't have anything for them to do? It, it absolutely adds a ton of urgency to that decision. 
do we really want to hold on to our workers or should we actually lay them off? And as the outlook continues to be at least uncertain, if not more certain in the wrong direction, then the chances of holding on to workers goes down and down and down, which is the message that ISM is sending as we begin in the first couple days of the second half of the year. As one last comment from the ISM, demand remains weak, production is slowing due to lack of work, and suppliers have capacity. There are signs of more employment reduction actions in the near term. So we're already seeing from the ISM survey making that decision, now or never on the second half rebound. And as they're saying there, there's more signs of more to come because companies are throwing in the towel on that second half rebound, in large part because of China, which we'll get to in a few minutes. S&P Global, they reaffirmed their initial flash estimate. For the manufacturing S&P Global, that was reaffirmed at 46.3. S&P Global, ISM, they're pretty much in sync on manufacturing. And here's what S&P Global had to say about it. Leading the darkening picture was a severe drop in demands for goods, with new orders slumping at a rate among the steepest since the global financial crisis of 2009. Exacerbating the downturn has been a continued focus on inventory reduction as manufacturers, their suppliers, and their customers all seek to cut warehouse stocks in the face of weakening demand. In this environment, pricing power is fading rapidly. Prices charged for inputs by suppliers are now falling at a rate not seen since 2009, barring, barring the early pandemic. So again, businesses are trying one last time. Let's cut our, our prices and see if that generates any sales, which, by the way, is the disinflationary, deflationary process that always comes at the end of any supply shock. Rate hikes aren't necessary. The Federal Reserve didn't have to do anything. The economy never really recovered from 2020. It was all artificial. And now we're seeing that because, especially because inventories were, were, were so out of whack, so out of line with actual demand. As demand, as we've mentioned in a recent video, as I mentioned in a recent video, Spending even in nominal terms is going down and it's leading to the reverse bullwhip effect, which is really starting to hit among producers to the point where they're actually having to cut prices. Do you hear me, Jay Powell? JP Morgan and S&P Global, their global manufacturing PMI for the month of June, 48.8. For the global PMI, that's not a good one. It's just barely above the three-year low, which was set earlier in the year. Again, remember we said, there was a slowdown, really a downturn, sharp downturn after the events of last fall, then a bit of a rebound this year, coincident with China reopening, but it was only ever limited. It was never going to be all that much to begin with. And now that it's over, how quickly it's over, as we'll see in a minute, the, the global economy, manufacturing partic particular, more exposed to the global trade recession, which continues to rage around much of the world. Here's what JP, JPM said. Uh, conditions in the global manufacturing sector worsened at the end of the second quarter. June saw all output fall back into contraction territory following a further decrease in new order intakes. This led to a more cautious approach for manufacturers with purchasing cutbacks sharply, inventory destocking, employment broadly fat, flat, and business optimism dipping to a seventh month low. So they're saying employment around the world continues to be flat, but with optimism falling, orders following, backlogs disappearing, employment cannot be flat for much longer. 
Another comment from JP Morgan. The current sustained weakness of the demand environment led to an increasingly cautious approach for manufacturers. Staffing levels were broadly unchanged during June. Purchasing activity was cut back to the greatest extent since January. And stocks were depleted as companies freed up funds, which tells us something important about the timing. Not just, not just China's reopening failing. We also have to keep in mind we still haven't seen the full impacts of the credit crunch because there is a credit crunch ongoing. And one last comment, the dearth of demand also led to backlogs of work being reduced for the 12th month in a row. 12th month in a row. Backlogs are getting down lower and lower with no new sales coming in. The second half rebound, optimism is fading, not enough work. It ends up with mass layoffs at some point. One key reason why the second half rebound and there's there's le so much less optimism for it, China. China was supposed to be a huge part, as was Europe. Remember the European story, which we're not going to talk about today. We've talked about that enough recently. But China in Europe, Europe was supposed to resurrect itself in the wake of surviving last year's energy catastrophe. That didn't happen. China, self-imposed catastrophe. The Chinese come to their senses, remove all the political restrictions, and what happens? China's going to soar. Europe's going to soar. Of course, if you're a producer, hang on to your workers because with Europe rebounding, with China reopening, the second half was going to be great. And that would spill over, not just in China, not just in Europe, but all over the place. The entire global economy would be able to weather a short, shallow recession in the first half that was made short and shallow by all of these positive factors in the second half, to the point where central bankers in the U.S. and Europe were thinking, boy, we need more rate hikes because it's the economy's incredibly resilient. When all the reports that we continue to get say the economy only looks resilient if you only look at labor numbers, and if you only look at labor numbers because the second half rebound was thought to still be in play. Businesses aren't yet cutting workers because they, up until now, they were holding out hope that it was actually going to happen. China's numbers kind of, they put the final nail in the coffin of their part of the second half rebound story. So you can understand one reason why manufacturers around the world are suddenly starting to maybe, as the ISM says, already throw in the towel and give up on the second half rebound. China's manufacturing, this is the official National Bureau of Statistics, so government PMIs, China's manufacturing PMI 49.0 in the month of June. That's actually up two tenths of a point from 48.8 in May. So basically unchanged. New orders basically unchanged at 48.6. So contracting there. New export orders, actually, those went further lower, further underneath 50, 46.4 from 47.2. So global trade recession, which is being exposed by China's failed reopening. Import orders down to 47 from 48.6. But it's not just manufacturing. We see it in weak services PMIs, in particular ISMs, which we'll, again, we'll get, we'll get the update for that in a couple days. Uh, the Fed services PMIs in the United States, the regional PMI services, they've been all bad, including the Chicago Feds, which is just atrocious. It's not just manufacturing. And the Chinese would agree. Their non-manufacturing PMI fell to 53.2 from 54.5. That more than a decade high that they reached a few months ago, that seems like just ancient history at this point. 
New orders for the second month running at 49 and a half. So they're modestly contracting in the services economy in China, despite all the reopening hype. New export orders down to 49. That's lower than 49.7. So again, global trade recession impacting China's services and employment. The employment index fell to 46.8 in non-manufacturing in China from 48.4. 46.8, that's more of a lockdown number then it should be anything like a reopening number. It should be zooming ahead. And remember, China has a youth unemployment problem and a migrant unemployment problem too. So no good news here from China. Not No good news from any of the reports in manufacturing that we got, whether it's JP, JP Morgan, S&P Global, or the ISM, all of them together at the very least saying second half rebound does not look likely. The ISM saying companies are already responding to them giving up on the second half rebound. S&P Global says, yes, the backlogs are disappearing. We can see why there be there might be more adjustments moving ahead because recession. Everything that we've been talking about, including deflation, as more businesses desperately try to, to boost sales, they have to cut prices. That's in the numbers too, all around the world. The second half rebound is almost dead. It may actually be dead, and we're only a couple days into the second half of the year. It's not exactly a surprising development, but one that's uniformly showing itself to be the case all across the data. I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. For all those in the U.S., happy 4th of July tomorrow. For those of you who aren't in the United States, then happy Tuesday anyway. I'll be back on Wednesday as always, thank you very much for joining me. And until next time, take care.